You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. Oh, he did it! (laughs) Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. I feel like I can breathe again. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? We're out of space. you uh, you all right over there? What's going on? You, you breathing uh, okay? I'm, I'm holding on by a thread right now. I can't believe this is actually, <laughs> I'm actually seeing your face. This is crazy. Like, this is like back to what? March, right? No, February? The first like, episode. The first episode. I want to say like the first. It's like March, right? Well, because you know, Bet the House was, was late January, right? Oh, yeah. yeah that, that was like, <laughs> that's, that's my guiding compass. Bet the house is my north star when it comes to, to cheat. That brings you back to the beginning, huh? <laughs> Let me throw a little retweet on this. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. New format. Back on video. Aaron Lab, Mark Gunnels, Chiefs Coast to Coast, Airhead Pride Podcast Network. Mark is uh he's wearing his best dress for y'all who are listening back on the podcast feed. It's not just the 15 underwear. He he he's got the full jersey on it. Patrick Mahomes is joining us. And he's got a beard and looks like Mark Gunnels. Mark, what was the decision making? You just you just, you just say, hey, video, we gotta we gotta get back on video with a boom. I mean, I just got I just want to rep the MVP of the league right now. You know, I mean, he threw four touchdowns. He leads the league in passing touchdowns. He's the best quarterback in the world. So you know, I don't pull out too often. I really don't. So you know, I thought it was proper. It was proper for the occasion. First show back on video. I feel like it was appropriate. It looks kind of crisp, you know what I mean? It look like there's no creases in it. Yeah, I don't wear it. Mark mentioned it. We'll talk a little Chiefs Raiders in the 17 point comeback for KC in prime time Monday night. Then we'll preview the Bills game. We'll talk about the shove heard around the NFL world that happened at Arrowhead. Devontae Adams in a little bit of a sticky situation. And then we'll take some audience voicemails as well. We want to make y'all part of the show. And I uh, like hearing from y'all. We uh, put out a, a voicemail number to make y'all part of the video pod again, and, and y'all delivered. So we'll, we'll touch on that. Um, but let, 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 let's get right to it, man. 17-point comeback. I want to get a report card from you on this because there's a there's a couple different ways we can attack this. Divisional game, and we were kind of thinking it could be a little bit closer. I know you had picks that went a different way, but uh, what, what's your report card if you're grading this on an ABCD scale for Kansas City in this 30-29 uh, to 29 win? I'll give them a C plus. Mm. C+. I feel like that's appropriate. The way they came out was very inexcusable, getting down 17-0. They seem to lack some energy. The Raiders obviously were the more desperate team because, I mean, they're fighting for their season. I mean, they're 1-4 now. The odds of them making the playoffs are really, really yeah. slim at this point. So they definitely needed this game more. 
uh, than the Chiefs. And also the narrative of, you know, a short week. You got the Bills on Sunday, a potential look ahead to that game, obviously. So I think a lot of those things kind of played a factor in it as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, after that Chris Jones play, you could tell, like, not just from the crowd, but it fed to the players as well and the coaches. I mean, Andy Reid didn't even go back to the tunnel immediately. He gave the ref all, all he could ask for, and that's very rare for Andy Reid to do. So that's how you know it was a very egregious call. But I really feel like that put a jolt in their back, and you saw that in the second half. I mean, I think they really came out with a, another sense of urgency, came out that first drive to start the third quarter, went down the field, got a touchdown, and then from that point on, you could tell the Raiders were kind of playing uphill, even though they were still leading at that point. You felt like the Chiefs had all the momentum at that point. I really felt like that rough in the passer call, though it, you know, was a bad call and we're talking about it and, and everybody has their opinions on it or whatever. It was a momentum shifter in the game for Kansas City. Like you said, battery in the back, juice in the back. To that point in the game, and really for a lot of the a lot of portions in the first half, Kansas City was getting beaten in the trenches, man. There's really no other way to put it. Adam Teicher put this out after the first 11 dropbacks for, for Patrick Mahomes. NFL next-gen stats had pressure on six of those 11 dropbacks, and really only one of those was registered as a blitz. It just showed you kind of the issues that Kansas City was dealing with in the trenches on the offensive line side. And then I thought on the flip side, Derek Carr looked comfortable. They used Josh Jacobs to kind of stave off a lot of the, the pressure from Kansas City. And um, – I feel like when Kansas City is getting beat in the trenches, they're getting beat in the game. When they're winning in the trenches, they're winning the game. It, it, it's kind of that simple. When Andy Reid challenges the offensive line coming out of Indianapolis and saying, you know, we go as far as you go, he sees that. He knows that. They set the tone, and it all starts with the guys up front. Um, my report card grade for KC would be kind of in that same range. I, I, I'll go B- minus maybe because – uh, you got the win, and, and it's hard to get those in the in this league. I saw Juan Thornhill tweet that after the game uh, that, you know, you never apologize for winning games in this league. But when I saw Trey Smith was inactive coming in, I, I, we, we we worry. And you, and you think about um, Allegretti stepping in and Andrew Wiley kind of having the struggles that he did. I, I thought when Kansas City was getting beat in the game, it started with the trenches. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way that Josh Jacobs was just gashing the defense – it was demoralizing. It really was. Like, as a fan, just watching from a fan perspective, it's like you felt helpless because he was getting five, six yards of pop every single time, it felt like. So that was definitely demoralizing. And as you said, that slows down the pass rush because you can't yeah. just pin your ears back when the Raiders are having second and three and third and ones, right? They're not in those third and long, obvious passing down situations, especially in the first half. Now, in the second half, the Raiders had a lot of penalties, and maybe that was because a lot of makeup calls from the Chris Jones situation, which put the Raiders behind the change in the second half. So it was definitely different from that perspective. But, yeah, man, I mean, give the Raiders credit. They came out very aggressive. They smashed mouth football, keep Mahomes off the field, and it was very efficient. It really was. So they definitely punched him in the mouth. But I do think the Chiefs responded very well in the second half, and it was a different ball game. It was not a very well officiated game. <laughs> I even remember I remember tweeting that. And we are going to touch on the roughing the passer, but and James Palmer kind of touched on this and he tweeted this. I want to read his tweet, um, kind of in the reaction to to the roughing the passer. He tweeted, and I kind of agree with him. The biggest penalty game wasn't that call, it was the holding on the missed field goal. Uh, the the Raiders are trailing uh 24-23. 
Uh, Casey goes down and gets a touchdown on that, and he tweets, the last time any team in the NFL got a flag for defensive holding on a field goal came in 2015. 2015, also the same crew uh, from Monday night, a Carl Sheffers crew. I, I, I make up calls, the, the roughing the passer thing. It's broken, man, and it desperately needs fixing, and, it, and it's a shame that it happened in a high-leverage situation for Kansas City in, in a primetime game as well for the league uh, as far as Chris Jones stripping the ball and still getting called for the penalty. And to go back to that holding call on that field goal attempt, he missed the field goal. Missed it. He missed the field goal. So yeah. the, the game completely changes, and now you get a touchdown out of that. So that was definitely a big momentum swinger right there. Obviously, we're looking at the player right now, the Chris Jones. I mean, my gosh. And you know what's crazy? When you watched it live, I don't know if you could tell. I didn't know he stripped the ball out at the moment until I saw the replay. Well, he like he he had it and like threw it back to the ref, and and and, and Arrowhead was kind of sensing the momentum in that in, in that point in time. You know, I was already fired up over this, and if y'all if y'all rock with us on Twitter, uh, I, I tweeted about the Brady one ad nauseum. I felt like to have those two back to back, and look, Chris Jones, we talked to him post game in the locker room. He's like, you know, help help the refs make it reviewable i don't i think that was almost admirable of him to to not put the blame on them you know this is a this is a fast-paced game these are high high high-speed athletes these plays happen in a moment's notice if you were standing from a certain position like you said you can't even see if the ball is out uh ultimately uh, i i just think it needs it, it needs to be fixed yeah i just thought about it man you were affected by this twice the Falcons and then the Chiefs. I mean, my gosh, are you okay? And then you went to the Braves game and they lost. I mean, you kind of had a crazy few days, bro. <laughs> you all right? Everybody, everybody says I'm the bad luck charm, man. But I, I my overall record is kind of like your overall record in the picks. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm around 500. Well, you just put that back on me all of a sudden. Yeah, but that's what betting you is. The goalposts. That is finest, man. That's what gambling is, man. Every professional gamblers will tell you, you know, you're usually around like. 500 you know 55 percent, 65 is, is a really good year that's the you goal know what I mean? that's yeah the goal. that's the goal i mean maybe you'll get there at the end of the year <laughs> oh, yeah i have no doubt i have two winners today we'll get to it later yeah. oh lord have mercy let's uh, the, but the roughing the passer thing what is the fix you know what i mean like what is uh it, it sounds like and i'm gonna go scroll uh, switch to video so i'm used to scrolling twitter the whole show but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go scroll and find a different tweet about basically uh the league isn't making an immediate change um to roughing the passer and how it's officiated uh they basically considered it i wouldn't say a coincidence that these things happened um but w w what's your take on it and, and, a, and a possible fix I, I agree with chris jones i think it should be reviewable i mean the fact that they went on to review pass interference is now why not review this because it's not like this is going to be called very often like it's probably gonna be called not even once a game right like on average yeah. it might be called like once every two or three games you play, right? So why not review it when it does get called? Because it's a very rare call. So I do think it should be reviewed. And when you see it in slow motion, you look at it a little bit differently because obviously the refs, everything's going so fast and you might not be at the best angle to really see what's going on. Because I think if they were to review that one, it gets, it gets taken back. Because you can even see Chris Jones trying to brace himself a little bit. And then obviously with the yeah. ball out, so I really think that one would have been overturned. So, yeah, I do think you should review it because it's a rare call. So it's not like it's going to slow the game down because this, this doesn't get called every game. 
the tweet uh, or and the report is from ESPN's Kevin Seifert. He says there's been no directive from the NFL to change the way roughing the passer is officiated. From everything I've gathered today and through the season, we've seen an unfortunate coincidence of one really bad call and one that was impactful and questionable. I think the one that he says was a really bad call was Brady because that impacted – that was the game of the balance, game being decided in the balance fourth quarter – that kind of thing. And I think we're seeing this directive also because of the Tua situation. I don't think that we can just ignore that when we're having this conversation. We're talking about a, a, a quarterback, which already are looked at differently and officiated differently in the National Football League, being seen in a primetime game, having a massive uh, brain injury, uh, the, you know, the fingers and everything, the concussion. It's a PR nightmare for the league. They go in the lab and get an immediate fix for concussions. Now, I've heard people tell me that. You know, it's different because it's independently bargained and collectively bargained. And some of these things need to be done in the offseason. But I, I I think when we talk about reviewing things like like pass interference, that happened on the game's biggest stage, that that Rams Saints game in, in, in the playoffs that decided that game and uh, all the outrage that came from that. The, the reviewing of pass interference came from that. I wonder if, you know, this reviewing of roughing the passer would happen would have to happen because you'd have to have it on a bigger moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I hope it doesn't come down to that. Yeah. You're costing, you're costing somebody's season. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yeah. Tough, man. So I really hope it doesn't have to come down to that. That would be very unfortunate for whoever team's on the wrong side of that. But you may be right, man. It may have to take that for them to, you know, I guess, correct this. Because, you know, like with the Tua thing, I think they're overcorrecting it, right? Like there has to be a fine balance. Like now, I think it's going too extreme. Expand on that. Why? Why would you say that there's been an over? Well, could you see what happened with Teddy Bridgewater? I did. Yeah. Last game, and he was he not was, concussed, which I he think wasn't concussed. Yeah, he wasn't. And ironically, it was the Miami Dolphins. So I feel like it was something to do with that as well because they want to be over cautious now because there is a big microscope on that team in particular. So I think that was an overreaction because he he wasn't concussed. He, he could have played that. So that's my example when I say overcorrecting things. Yeah, it's a shame. I, I guess for Chiefs fans, you know, they they can sleep a little bit easier knowing it didn't necessarily cost them the game. But like you said, you don't want to see this happen in a bigger moment uh, and, and cost you the season. You want to talk Devontae Adams a little bit? This, this feels kind of nasty, man. I, I just it, – it's one of those topics that – it's like you drop you drop a rock in a in a still pond and the the ripples just go forever. Like the ripples around this story have gone way further than the incident. The incident was ten seconds, fifteen seconds, and, and it was over with. And we're still talking about it. The newest development today was that I, I believe charges were filed, misdemeanor assault uh, in KC. He's got a court date November tenth, I believe. Um, you're looking at the video here if you're rocking with us here um on the stream what you think man um i mean you can't push a guy to the ground i mean that's just <laughs> <laughs> it's rough at the passer dog come on now i hear people try to defend it I, he was in his way he shouldn't have been walking in that direction at the time i mean so let me just say this to you if you're at the workplace and somebody walks in front of you are you just going to push somebody down at 41 and be like oh hey, he was in my my path man i mean he should have been there so, I, I mean, come on. <laughs> Let's He's just move on. He, he was frustrated, man. Uh, yeah, and he, and no I think he admitted it. I think guy. he admitted as much. That's no excuse to push a guy to the ground. Oh, absolutely. A lot of these frustrate people. I don't I'm push you to the ground every day. 
I mean, especially with your picks, you'd be pitching people all over the place, man. I mean, for pushing people, if that was the case, I mean, I mean, I don't think it's a huge deal. We don't even like, you know, go at his character or anything. He's never had any incident like this before. So, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where he was wrong. He apologized. The the kid, I think he's a college student, I believe. He's going to probably get paid pretty handsomely and move on. Yeah, the, the takes from this one have been weird, to say the least. It, Elaborate on that. I don't know who it was, but somebody was like, oh, it's a privilege to be on an NFL sideline. And, you know, uh, the guy was in the wrong. And uh, I, <laughs> the whole thing is just the vid- it's, it's like the Draymond Green situation, right? The video changes everything. I think if you hear. If I text you, uh, I'm at Arrowhead Monday night, and I text you like, "Yo, Devonte just, Devonte just shoved this dude." You'd be like, "Oh, that's that, that, that's crazy." LOL. But the fact that we saw the video, the fact that he didn't even extend his hand down uh, to to reach dude, it just looked like he was dead set on his way and, and, and was just gonna uh, everything in his way be damned. It, the optics of it are bad, and we know we know what optics are in the National Football League. It's not just going to be a hefty fine, but it is a potential suspension. Uh, right away, I was somebody who said, eh, you know, there's not enough there, but I think the blowback um, and, and not only the, the college student being very well prepared because somebody sat him down, bro. I mean, as soon as, as soon as somebody saw that video, they said, wait a minute, they got his phone number expeditiously. Yeah. And he, he has moved his chess pieces in perfect in perfect formation so uh this ain't going away and uh i heard your boy shannon sharp talk about an incident that he did it it, it sucks that athletes have to do this but i mean just you got to be better than this you can't you can't like yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he gets a one game suspension and i was kind of like first i was like there's no way he's gonna get suspended just a hefty fine and they'll move on but the way that we're still talking about it, even on a Wednesday, and people nationally are still talking about it, I'm like, okay, this isn't really going away. I thought it would just be one of those 24-hour stories and we kind of move on. But the fact that it's still being talked about nationally, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets a one-game suspension. I really wouldn't. Let's uh, finish up a few more things on Chiefs Raiders before moving on. Appreciate y'all rocking with us here. I got a couple comments. Ryan Lane says D-plus. For Kansas City, which is kind of crazy. I mean, if you can bring your win, it's harsh. If you could bring if you could bring a D plus game and still get a win in the division, and that's a good thing. He said the secondary looking like 2018. That's another thing I, w- I was talking about earlier. I feel like if KC gets a little bit more effective push, um, and, and you know starts to starts to bend those corners a little bit more, uh, then the corners get helped out by that. But but Carr sitting back and being comfortable in the pocket, that's going to challenge. The secondary for sure. And that's why it's kind of stinks uh, still wrapping up Chiefs Raiders that we see a torn ACL for Turk Warden, uh, a guy who had been a good depth piece, guy had been a good rotational piece. And Mark, I think they're really going to miss his experience down the stretch of the season. Yeah, that was tough. He was especially really good in the run. And you could tell, you know, without him, it was a lot of uh, open holes in the middle, to say the least. So I know they brought up Stallworth from the practice squad. I saw that, yeah. He's a solid veteran. Uh, Last year with the Colts, I think he had three sacks. He had four tackles for losses. And, you know, he was a solid rotational guy. So I do think he could step in and be solid for him. But obviously, you had to see Kurt go down because he was really starting to, I feel like, turn that corner and be a real vital piece to that D-line. Would you go as far as to say that they probably need to make an additional move down the stretch, or are you waiting and seeing on that? 
Uh, I'm waiting and seeing on that. I think they still have enough there depth-wise. Um, even Danny Shelton, right? Is he still in the practice squad, I believe? I believe so. I'm certain might need to chime in with us on that um, and, and see about that. But yeah, it's a thinner unit, especially considering Frank Clark didn't finish the game either with that illness. There were points in the game where you're like, who, uh, you know, who's next? Serta says that that Shelton's on the practice squad. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's a, I mean, we know how big, big he is. I mean, he's, he could take up two or three guys. So I wouldn't be shocked that they bring him up at some point as well, especially if they keep getting gashed in the run game. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply use this as a transition to kind of talk about the injury report because we got uh the first look at practice today wednesday prep and it's crazy because it's almost two games in a week's time when you plan on the monday and you come back and then uh you know from an injury standpoint you got one fewer day uh to get right for a big one against the buffalo bills at arrowhead uh cook fenton and lamans are dnps on wednesday but i think probably the biggest thing that you you see uh from kc and that makes you feel positive is Harrison Butker coming back as a limited participant on Wednesday. And then how about Trent McDuffie? I mean, yeah, that's huge. I mean, to me, I think he's their best corner already. I mean, I know I keep saying that, but I, he never got targeted in preseason in that first half against the Cardinals. He was solid. I think he's a guy that you bring back in and you kind of put everybody back in their natural positions. And yeah, I mean, we saw on Monday night, I mean, they were getting gashed down the field. I mean, Fitton had no chance against Devontae Adams. Uh, obviously, they're picking on Jalen Watson at times. I think he held on pretty well. He had a couple of pass interference calls that uh, kind of questionable because the ball's underthrown, but you know how that goes. So, I mean, if you get McDuffie back, I think that's huge for this matchup. Obviously, I really wish they could have had Willie Gay for this game. I think he's ideal for this matchup with his athleticism, especially going against Josh Allen, who is a mobile quarterback, and he's a big guy. So I, I think he would have been nice to maybe have a spy on him at times because 
I think that's one thing we don't talk about as much with Josh Allen is his running ability. I mean, we talk yeah. about Lamar Jackson. I think Allen. You got to account for that. You got to account for actually, his legs. I think Allen's actually more lethal and more dangerous with his legs than Lamar Jackson just because of his size. And he's not he's not gonna go down, he's not gonna just slide or run out of bounds. He's trying to run through guys. And I mean, he's big as a tight end. So you know, that's one thing that really concerns me for this matchup. Elijah Myers talking about the secondary, as you mentioned, with Trent McDuffie uh, returning to practice in some format, uh, working back from his injury. Elijah says it's a must win for us on Sunday. We need to show that we're still lethal, but the secondary just needs to get it together. Also, a couple more numbers that stood out. And I remember a call from last week on the pod. My boy Larry comes in and says, you know, this offense is up and down and inconsistent, and we've seen that at times. But from Matt McMullen today on Twitter, through five weeks, the Chiefs own the top-scoring offense in the NFL at 31.8 points per game. And KC also leads the league in total touchdowns. I mean, it's crazy. D-plus, you know, you hear an inconsistent offense, and then I present to you that they're the league's top-scoring offense through five weeks. And it's crazy, man. Yeah, man. I mean, all the questions all offseason. How will they do without Tyreek Hill? What's going to happen? Are they going to – is Mahomes just relying on Tyreek? Big plays. Will he be patient and take the check downs? Well, I think he's answered those questions so far. And the funny thing is a lot of his passing touchdowns have been, like, in, in the red zone. Yeah, and, you're looking at one now, Mahomes yeah, to Kelsey. Like, like, the only shot when I can remember that was of distance was that Watson one, right, against the Chargers? I feel like all the other ones were pretty, like, relatively close to the end zone, which shows to me that they're being very efficient. They're getting a lot of first downs. They're being very methodical. And Mahomes is being patient, which is something that we've been asking for, not always looking for the shot plays. And I think that's forcing him to do that because you don't have a Tyreek Hill now. So you don't have that guy that you could just say, F it. Tyreek is down there, right? No, I need trademark on that. Hey, 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 hey. What? <laughs> no, go ahead. Trademark on what? Hey, that's that. That's my IP, sir. No, it's not. I'm- oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really impressed with the offense right now. I mean, if they can run the ball like they did against the Bucks, to me that was a game that you kind of go back and always look at because we had to that game. All the talk was it's so hard to run on this Bucks D line, and they almost had 200 rushing yards. They got to do that in this game too because the Buffalo Bills, their pass rush is legit, man. Yeah, it's probably absolutely. the best one they're gonna probably the best one they're gonna face all year. Maybe the Chargers, you can argue with Bosa and Mac, but it's right there. So the one way to slow down the pass rush is to run the ball efficiently because now they just can't pin their ears back. You're not in these third and long, obvious passing down situations. I expect to see a lot of quick passes as well. You saw late in the game, they did a couple of quick passes to Sky Moore. He gets about eight, nine yards. He's really good at with the ball in his hands. Can we say that? Like, he's really good with some I, There hasn't been a pod where you haven't said that, Mark. I mean, come on, man. I want to see some more uh, screens as well. Some more uh, Clyde edwards Lair screens, McKinnon, because that slows down the pass rush as well. Yeah, that, that, that quick, quick pass, definitely. Kansas City has shown that to be a propensity uh for them to to yeah oh my goodness you Mahomes against the Raiders eight and one in his career 36 points per game 26 touchdowns 
three That's interceptions. Eh, not not too shabby. He was good, but also the the you know the unsung heroes. Matt McMullen also pointed that out. That Jarek McKinnon run thirty yards on second and seventeen. McColl has a twenty eight yard catch on third down, and Darius Harris gets a sack uh, of Derek Carr. You don't make a seventeen point comeback without contributions all over the field. And you mentioned Sky Moore getting more more involved in the offense. I think we're seeing that. You know, I remember coming on this pod uh, after, I think, Indianapolis where he only had two offensive snaps. And, 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 you know, we're telling everybody, R-E-L-A-X, you know, it'll be okay. They're yeah, I ain't going to lie. I was, I was starting to get a little antsy, though. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Two snaps is ridiculous. I mean, we need a fine line there. He's a rookie. It's going to take some time. Yeah, but two snaps in the game is crazy. So, you know, I've been pounding the table for Sky Moore. It's Sky Moore season, Aaron. Get on the train. He's the best receiver on this team. He's the best route runner on this team. He has the best release on this team. He has the best hands on this team. I don't care if he's a rookie or not. Sky Moore. He's the best route runner on this team. You, you, you're yes. saying that you're saying that with the your best chest. Best route runner on this team right now, outside of Travis Kelsey. Mm, no, uh, I, I, I almost had you. I, I was. Had you. Oh, you know, I was talking about the receiver room. You know that, Aaron. Come on now. I'm talking about as far as the receivers go. I see you're trying to be slick, man. You're trying to get me. I'm just trying to get you on wax. Always trying to get you on wax, Chiefs Raiders. In the book. Let's turn the page, man, because this is a big one. This is one that we've been we, we've been previewing since the offseason. Uh, it's it's one that you've taken. It's second week, baby. Yeah, you you've been chattering on social media with with those from upstate New York. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's finally here. Chiefs bills, the cream of the crop in the AFC, not only when you're talking about teams, but also quarterbacks. And, and to be honest with you. Buffalo has gotten better not only on paper, but it seems like in person too. Uh, from what, from yeah, I mean they're they're loaded. They're loaded on both sides of the ball. There's no doubt about it. You get Von Miller. You got Gabe Davis as your number two now. We saw what he did last week against Pittsburgh. I mean, <laughs> you yeah. get he did Minka Fitzpatrick dirty on that one play, but he caught it with one hand and they were tuggling for the ball. He said, "This is mine, little boy." <laughs> He little boy, though. He little boy, one of the best safeties in football. So, I mean, they're stacked, man. You got McKenzie. I like him a lot. He's kind of like their McCole Hartman, if you would. So, yeah, they got a lot of speed. Their offensive line is good. Their defense is good on every level. I like uh, their corners. Even without Trey White, they're still holding it down back there. Obviously, you got uh, you got Poyer. I'm not sure if he's going to play. It's questionable. They did lose Micah Hyde, I believe, for the full season. So that definitely hurts. But, I mean, they're stacked, man. They're deep. And there's one underrated thing about them, and we got to be honest. They're kind of in the same position as the Chiefs were the year they won the Super Bowl. That's a good call. That's a good shout. Yeah, when the Chiefs were chasing New England and Tom Brady couldn't get over that hump, they had that chip on their shoulder. That's kind of like the Bills, them chasing the Chiefs, losing to the Chiefs in the playoffs for two years, can't get over that hump. A lot of chatter about 13 seconds. So, I mean, they're a very, very motivated team. So it's going to be a very, very tough matchup, man. I mean, the Bills are favored in Arrowhead. That doesn't happen. So they're favorites for a reason. Yeah, you uh, you stole it right out of my out of my script here. Adam Schefter tweets, for the first time in his career, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes is a home 
underdog. Mahomes had been favored in his first 41 home starts, including the playoffs, the longest streak to begin a career in the Super Bowl era. That just makes you smile from here. Look at you. You know, he can't even hide it. He can't even hide it. That's a crazy stat, Eric. Come on. That's that's ridiculous, bro. It it is absurd, and and it's one of those moments where I tell you Chiefs Kingdom fans and everybody listening to this podcast and rocking with us. Okay, I'll just say take off you Chiefs Kingdom fans. This This is what I'll say when I talk about Patrick Mahomes to Chiefs Kingdom. Don't take it for granted. In the same breath, I'll say I'm taking the Buffalo Bills this week. Uh, I think in the trenches, and we talked about this to open the pod, I think when Kansas City is winning the battle of the trenches, they're winning the game most often. And I don't think this is a game, based off what I saw last time out, where you can go down 17 points or you can start slow or you can get beat in the trenches consistently and still find a way to claw yourself into the game. Von Miller has just shown us that he's raised his game to a different level through five weeks. Uh, and the Chiefs offensive line is still at times off schedule uh, and not as consistent as I was hoping. And, and, and you feel better knowing that it's a home game, but uh, on paper right now, and, and I don't make the picks on this pod, that guy does. Uh, I'll, I'll take Buffalo. Yeah, so I'm taking Buffalo as well. Woo! Yeah. I don't know if that surprises you or not. I'm glad we're back on video for this week. It's one of those weird things, right? Like before the year, I had the Chiefs going 12 and 5. But like once we do a week by week thing and I don't pick the Chiefs, people are like, oh, how do you pick against the Chiefs? Yeah. Well, I didn't pick them to go 17 and 0 before the year. <laughs> so why would I change now? Because we're in season. So this is a game I have marked as L before the year. And there's nothing I've seen that makes me want to change it. I mean, like you said, uh, their D-line is vicious. Uh, they're actually one of the best teams. I think they are the best statistically actually against the run. And that's one thing the Chiefs are going to have to do to slow down that pass rush. So it's going to be probably hard sledding running the ball on this football team. And, and if that's the case, you're going to be in a lot of third and longs, obvious passing downs where Von Miller can pin his ears back. And they're probably going to put him on Orlando Brown. And we know that he struggles against speedy pass rushers. That's a matchup I'm not looking forward to watching. I'm going to be quite honest with you. So that's going to be tough. And then on the other side of the ball, the Chiefs pass rush isn't getting home enough for me. They're not getting home enough. Quarterbacks are sitting back there very comfortably. And if they're able to run the ball, they don't run the ball much, though. That's one thing I will say for Buffalo. They don't run the ball very much. Their best running game is actually their quarterback. (laughs) But that still is a dynamic that scares me because now you don't have your most athletic linebacker in Willie Gay. Like, he is perfect for this matchup because you could you, you could use a spy with Willie Gay on Josh Allen and feel pretty good about it, but he's not there. So who's going to be that guy? So that's going to be a tough matchup. Obviously, with the secondary going against Stephon Diggs, the young guys, Fenton, hopefully you get McDuffie back, but it's going to be his first game back. So you can't really expect him to play at a high level in his first game back. He might not even play that many snaps if he does even play. So I'm not really going to bank on that. And then you still got Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, who, I mean, it's just a lot of tough matchups there. So I got to go with Buffalo as much as it pains me. And I would love to be wrong. I I would love to be wrong for the first time in my life. If you had to, and you said, you know, Casey's D-line not getting home enough, two sacks in the win over the Raiders, including the first half a sack of rookie George Karloftis' career. If you had to circle like a matchup um, that really concerned you the most, 
uh, headed into this matchup? Is it the trenches? Are we over? Are we over? I guess extending ourselves when we talk about the concerns that we have for Kansas City's offensive line through five weeks, considering they are the league's highest scoring offense and have the most total touchdowns. Or is it just a matter of this game specifically, this matchup specifically, and how these two teams line up against one another? Yeah, the thing is, we know the interior of the Chiefs line to me is the best in football. Yeah, absolutely. So left to right from Tooney to Humphrey to Trey Smith, who I expect to play, who's a full participant today at practice. But it's the tackles that I'm concerned about, Orlando Brown and Wiley. And that just happens to be where the Bills are at their best <laughs> on their D-line. So that does concern. I don't think we're overstating that concern there. And on the other side, I mean, if you give Josh Allen a lot of time, I mean, you saw Car- Carr was sitting back there patting the ball a lot, bro. If Josh Allen is doing that, who is 10 times better than Derek Carr, has way better arm strength, and you he has a way better rapport with his receivers, with Stephon Diggs, you would think they'll be playing together for years. I mean, they've been together for, what, two, two years now, I think? It's two or three years? So, I mean, that is just very scary, man. And they're going to take deep shots. They're going to take shots down the field consistently. I mean, we saw it against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. They had a 98-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, for real. I think that was on third down, too. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a natural nightmare, bro. For the Chiefs to win this game, they're going to have to win the turnover battle. They're going to have to steal extra, extra possessions, get like a strip fumble sack, an interception where you're getting good field position, maybe even a special teams play that kind of alters the game and makes it more balanced. Because if you look at it just matchup on matchup right now, the Bills are a better football team. Now, could that change in January? For sure. But as of right now, I think you would be disingenuous to say if they line up and everything is completely equal. There's no weird stuff that happens, like a three fumble turnover game. Everything is equal. The Bills are a better team right now. And I just I hate to say it, but it's the truth. Well, we both got the Bills winning, but let, let's take a step back and, and, and look at the season as a whole. That would put Kansas City at what, four and two through six weeks. Um you know, the, the toughest eight-game stretch in NFL history. Take a shot if that's on your bingo card while you're listening at home. Uh, where would a loss put you mindset at, as what Kansas City looks like going forward? Or or, or would it really concern you? Or, or is it kind of results-based, I guess, if that makes sense? Do they, do they have to go out there and be competitive? Obviously, you don't want to go out there and put out a goose egg. Uh, how would yeah. an outcome impact your, your, your long season look at KC? I mean, if this is a hard fall game for four quarters and it comes out to the very end, like the last possession in the Chiefs, yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. And I mean, obviously, you want to win the game, clearly. But if it's a nip and tuck game and the Bills squeak away, I come away from that game actually very encouraged, considering that you didn't have Willie Gay, you probably have a limited Trent McDuffie, and so I mean, I would be okay with that. Especially you have a young team. Like there's a lot of moving parts on this Chiefs team. The Bills should be better right now. They brought everybody back pretty much and added Von Miller. So the Chiefs are relying on three, four, five rookies that are getting significant playing time right now. So at this point in the season, the Bills should be better. Like they should be. Now in January, that can change. As the Chiefs young players develop, get more reps and things of that nature, it could change. So I'm not putting all my eggs in the basket for this game. It doesn't really matter to me that much. Now, what I will say is, though, if the Bills win, considering their schedule, they're probably going to be the one seed. 
But I already came into the season thinking they would already be the one seed. So they'll have the tiebreaker if they win this game. So that's the only thing I would say why this game does hold weight. Because if you can, if you are concerned about the one seed going to Buffalo versus playing in KC for the AFC title game, then sure, this game is a big game in that regard. But honestly, I don't really care about it that much because at some point, Patrick Mahomes will have to play a role playoff game. It hasn't happened yet, but at some point, you you would think, huh? Yeah, I don't think it's gonna go his whole career playing every playoff game in Arrowhead. <laughs> so, I mean, if it's gonna happen, this will be the year for it to happen because the Bills. They didn't have to reset. They just added Von Miller. They kept they kept the train going. The Chiefs had a, a big reset of their roster this year. So absolutely. We said, I think we said before the year too. If the Chiefs go five and two heading to the bye, we would love that. So if you lose this game, you beat the Niners next week, you got the bye week. You're five and two after the toughest first seven games. Because that eighth game is against Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee is as good as we thought they were before the year. So I'm not really counting that in the first eight anymore. The first seven. Oh, he just, he, you're just chopping them off. You're chopping I mean, them off the end of that. three and two. <laughs> look at the teams that they've beaten. I mean, they're having eh, – I, I don't believe in Tennessee. I so, kind of think know, that that's a game Kansas City really wants considering and then how after they played last against year, them yeah, last year. That was Absolutely. the worst game in the Bulls era, like in that, the regular season. Sure. I think that I think that Casey and and they want to win every game as you mentioned. I yeah, think and that's then, one. And then after the bye, you have not only Tennessee, you have Jacksonville back to back, both at home. So theoretically, if you're five and two, you're probably going to be seven and two after that. So I think they're in a great spot, even if they lose this game. In a great spot, even if they lose this game. Let's head down to Vegas and then we'll take the audience voicemails. We'll also take some some comments, questions. I see y'all rocking with us here on Facebook. Shelly and Richie King have the Chiefs at 13 and three. So, I mean, they, they've already got one loss. Mark thinks maybe they might have another. Speaking of losses, I mean, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, hey, it, it, like we said, we're waiting until halfway through the year to make full judgment. We're, we're in Vegas with Mark. He went one and two last week. Can you mention my bad beat, though? Come on, let's be and, fair. And, and it was a very bad beat. So, he took Chiefs seven and a half. The direct quote was Chiefs win by two touchdowns. That yeah. did not hit. But you came back and recovered with the over total points, which was 51 and a half. That got knocked out of the water with the 30 to 29 final. The bad beat, team total. Casey over 30 and a half. Kick the extra point. <laughs> Let's ISO here. So, so what's going through your mind? Obviously, you're doing some math at the end of the game. Uh, the Raiders, the, you know, the Raiders are going for. I mean, like, they're the Chiefs are missing kicks, but there's a holding. Take take us through the bad beat here. Okay, so when they get the touchdown, they're up seven. They go for two to go up by nine, which would be about two possessions. Or you kick the extra point, you go up by eight, which will force the Raiders to go for two to tie the game. And what's crazy is I don't think they went for two to go up two possessions. I think they went for two because they had no trust in their kicker. Do mm. you agree with that? Because he did miss the extra point in that game. Well, no. Did it hit the upright and it still went in? Did he actually miss one in that game or was that the upright one that actually went in? I know he missed the 30-yarder in that game. Yeah, it, it, it's been inconsistent. I don't I don't. Really he missed exactly. a 59-yarder before oh halftime. <laughs> like, you just can't make this stuff up. So, but he's been very shaky. But I think if, if Bucker is in the game, do you think Andy Reid goes for two? Nets? I don't think he goes for two in that situation. I don't think he does. I really don't. 
I think he goes up eight, and you force the Raiders to go for two to tie the game. I don't think he t- goes for two in that situation if he trusts his kicker. I, really I almost don't. I almost couldn't believe that the Raiders went for two at the end of the game. I'm I, I I'm a more aggressive guy, but I probably would have just took the points there. Let's see how aggressive Mark is this week at this picks. He says the player props aren't out yet, folks. Right and, now, I look, and Serta and I did our research. He agreed. So we're letting him off the hook with just two picks this week. He's six for seven on the year, trying to get to eight and seven on the year back above 500. Mark, what you got? All right, so I'm going back to the well on the over on the total points, not the Chiefs team total this oh, week. Oh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's it's only at 53 and a half, which to me seems really low. I mean, what the Bills are Chiefs. One of these teams have potential to pretty much cover that by themselves. I mean, I think one team could score over 40 in this game. So if you believe that, the other team should at least score 17 to 20. So to me, 53 and a half seems very low. So I would hammer the over on that. And I'm taking the Bills to cover the spread. I hate to say it. Right now, I got it at Bills minus two and a half. I think they win this game by at least a touchdown. So we've got over total points for the game and the Bills covering the spread. I mean, you love overs, man. Aggressive aggressive gambler, bro. Bro bro never takes the under on it. (laughs) I mean, would you, would you take the under on a Mahomes Allen game? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm kind of with you. 53 and a half. That's sneaky low. Maybe Vegas is thinking they see more of first half Kansas City uh, than second half Kansas City. Um, want to get want, want to get to this audience voicemail real quick before we get out of here? Do it, man. Serta, what you got? How's it going? This is Ryan Claus. I work for the Kansas City Chiefs and. This week, I believe, without a doubt, the Kansas City Chiefs will walk away with a victory at Arrowhead. I just don't understand. People are always blown away with, oh, the Bills will always be the best team in all this. No, not at all. I'm sorry. We have 76,000 fans standing loud and proud for Chiefs Kingdom. There's no shot the Bills get anything done, baby. Let's go. The voice of the fan chiming in. Appreciate Ryan for leaving that on the voicemail. I want to drop that number one more time for y'all to be able to do it. We love making y'all part of the show. Uh, but but Mark, what do you think? He, he he sounds like he's not swayed by anything the Bills have put on tape so far this year. I mean, I hope he's right. I, I hope he's right. I mean, <laughs> I really do. This is one week where I wouldn't mind going one and one in my, my gambling picks. I had the, had the Bills covering the spread, so... Obviously, I got the win in the game, so I, I want to be wrong in that one. So, yeah, I, I would take a one and one this week. I, I feel confident about the over, but uh, yeah, I appreciate the call, appreciate the confidence. Now, I will push back on this one mm. with the seventy six thousand Chiefs fans. <laughs> I think the Bills are going to travel pretty good, man. I mean, they did last year in that playoff game, didn't they, Aaron? I think it was a lot of Bills mafia there. It was a lot of Raiders fans, in the, in, 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 too. I mean, Casey has turned into one of those destinations for for opposing fans. Absolutely. Garden. It's the Garden. Oh, don't do that. It's, the, it's <laughs> Madison Square Garden, baby. It's, safe. it's crypto. It's crypto.com arena. It's Staples Center, baby. But instead, our celebrities are like, out, our celebrities are like Ollie Gates and like, like Quentin Lucas, Jaleel White will, will be like, we don't have any real, any real. It's not the garden. Hey, Alex Smith was there, baby. 
Alex Smith was working. He, 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 was, like, stars, yes, he, he was working. I was like, say RG3 was there. RG3 was working, dog. <laughs> Aaron Ladd was there, baby. All the stars. You know, I can't wait till I get shoved at the next Chiefs game. I'm letting you know that now. <laughs> I might, I might, I'm gonna start flopping. Like if I get close to a player, I'm gonna just, oh. Hey, if the Chiefs win, man, watch out for Josh Allen, man. He's gonna be really mad. <sighs> I, I. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because this matchup is finally off the back of like the 13 second stuff and like all the reaction to that game, the Grim Reaper, and then KC kind of laying an egg in the AFC title game. Uh, it's funny that we're back here in this rematch in this spot, and these two teams seem to be once again the cream of the crop in their division, and it's just feeding the fodder. 76,000 fans are going to be loud. I mean, if you're a Chiefs fan and have been following them over the last couple of years, and you're saying, who was our rival? Uh, Buffalo. I tweeted this. I want to get your thoughts on this. I want to know if you want to go yellow light lad or not. Oh, but I feel really strongly about this. Do you agree with me saying that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen is the new Tom Brady and Peyton Manning? There's only one ring between the two, which which is... But they're both still very young. Still both very young. Absolutely still very young. And that's why I push back against one of your... <laughs> one of your many salacious stir-the-pot Chiefs Kingdom tweets. And I just let you, let you cook over there. But, I mean, in the cream of the crop, I mean, when you think about... That next level, that Justin Herbert, that Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think we should have other conversations about who should be in there as well. But but here's yeah. why I say it, though. Here's why I say it, though, because Tom Brady and Peyton Manning weren't in the same division, but they play each other every year because they always finish first in their division. So obviously, you know how the schedule works out. You're going to play the division winners or wherever you place in the division. Yeah. So Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes will probably play each other damn near every single year. They've already played each other twice in the playoffs. I mean, it just seems like it's setting up to be that type of rivalry like the Colts and Patriots was over the years. Well, we're getting another chapter in that rivalry. I, I'm good. I'm feeling confident with, with what we put on tape today. Yeah, this is very, very solid. How you feel being back on camera? I mean, you're used to being on camera, so it's not really a, a big deal for you. So it's a, it's a smooth <laughs> transition, I would say. Were, were you nervous? You were nervous ahead of the pod? Yeah, I was, I was shaking in my boots, man. <laughs> No, I had to give myself I had to give myself a motivational prep talk before before the game, man. So I'm ready to go now. I'm good. Hey, appreciate y'all rocking with us. Leave a voicemail going forward if you want to leave one after the game, before the game, before the pod, after the pod. Probably get so slander for picking the bills. And we got it on we got it on video too. I hope Serta puts that on TikTok. Because uh, because you have a TikTok you have a, you have a TikTok career that I have not forgotten about. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you guys, man. We're out, man. Good. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.